Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of the Balls Over the Top podcast. I'm Michael Rock. And I'm Brendan Collins. And this is the last week of regular season football in the NFL, week 17. The odd number. Everybody's, I was going to say everybody's favorite, but really it's it's actually a somewhat underwhelming weekend of football. I mean, they smush it all into one day. Mm-hmm. And for about, like, I'm estimating, and I'm sure, you know, if we were good at this, we would have figured out the exact number. But, like, you yeah. know, for, like, 25 of the 32 teams, this game means nothing. Yeah. You know, or maybe it's closer to 22. Maybe it's sometimes, some years, it's closer to 28. I think this you know year, I mean? actually, like, a lot wind up mattering more because of the seating is a little bit different this year. But yeah, no, you're right. There's uh there's definitely teams it doesn't matter for. It doesn't particularly matter for our team. Although I guess so draft picks kinda matter, right? We have ours. Yeah, I mean for the first time well not for the first time, I was gonna say for the first time in a while, it's a good one. We actually I mean, we're pretty active in the trade market, but I feel like more often than not we're drafting in the first round. I'm curious how this week's going to go for the Eagles. I mean, obviously, the big storylines playoff-wise, I mean, what? The NFC East is still undecided with three of the four teams still alive mathematically. Mm-hmm. And there's a really big jumble for that wild card spot in the AFC where the Colts could apparently even miss the playoffs, finishing 11-5. and five if everything goes against them. So, and there's, like I said, several teams competing for that. Baltimore being one, Cleveland being one. Like I said, we uh, we just mentioned uh, Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. And there's another team who's just totally slipping my mind. But, oh, in the NFC, or AFC North, the uh, the Patriots division. Yes. I guess whoever, what, Miami? Mm-hmm. So it's going to be interesting to see how that kind of picture clears up. Yes. As this week comes to an end. But you know what? We have a ton of games to get into. Again, we said every team plays tomorrow. No bye weeks. No Thursday night games. No Monday night games. We got everything coming at you on a football Sunday. So let's jump right into things. And the first matchup, we have a lot of divisional matchups this week. I mean, we're going to be seeing a ton of divisional matchups this week. Are they all divisional matchups? Might be. Yes. Yeah, everything is divisional matchups. So, yeah. So, we start off with Atlanta versus Tampa Bay. Tampa, with a playoff spot locked up. Feeling good about this season with Tom Brady. Meanwhile, Relatively. meanwhile, Atlanta not feeling super great, I imagine, about their season. Have to be wondering, is it the end of the line for Matt Ryan? Does he still have something left in the tank? Do we have much to build around? I mean, the very poorest offensive, poorest offensive line, but they have great weapons on the outside. Calvin Ridley, Julio Jones, Russell Gage, but a lot of money tied up there. Big money to Hayden Hurst as well. They gave him starting tight end money when he was unproven. He had an all right season in line with a lot of other tight ends that were con- that are considered, considered solid starters. You know, mm-hmm. better. You know, on par with a T.J. Hawkinson, on par with maybe a little bit better than 
uh, Austin Hooper's season, which big money contract he just signed. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Better they have the weapons. Hurts. Russell Gage even kind of emerged over the last year and a half as a solid target either when one of the main two are injured or coming out of a slot. So you wonder what this Atlanta team is going to do. They're at a bit of a crossroads. They weren't really set up to tank, bringing in Todd Gurley, again, with Julio on the older part of his career. And yet here they are. With after a quarterback the terrible, on the side yeah, of career, too. And, and with the terrible start they had, they were kind of just forced into a season where, I mean, they were competitive in most games this season. It was a potent offense mm-hmm. that can score on most defenses. So really a head-scratcher there but uh, for the season. But for this game, it shouldn't be too much of one. I mean, you imagine Tampa wants to finish on a high, Atlanta... Maybe he doesn't want to get beat at the end, but right now they have a top five draft pick and a win might swing them out of the top five. So I imagine we see Tampa come in here and get the result. It's a six and a half point spread, but uh, and an over under a 50 and a half. I think these teams are really preparing for the coming weeks. Atlanta for the offseason, Tampa for the playoffs. I don't think it'll be too exciting, but I... Uh, I think we see Tampa win. I think we see Atlanta cover. I think it's a close one. And I think we see the under of 50 and a half. I think we can lock this one in. I think we're going to see the reserves pretty early and possibly for both sides because there's a lot of auditioning that needs to be done on the defensive side of the ball for this Atlanta Atlanta side. I mean, whose job is safe in that defense? No one at the moment I can think of. So next we have a game that has a lot of playoff implications, at least for one team. The Baltimore Ravens are traveling to Cincinnati to take on the Cincinnati Bengals. Now, if there weren't a catastrophic injury to a quarterback of one of these two teams, this game would have been a lot of fun to look forward to, even if it only had playoff implications for one. Joe Burrow's injury puts a major dark spot on what would have been a relatively promising Cincinnati Bengals season, despite the not-so-great record. But as a result, they're going to end up with another very high draft pick. They're going to have, hopefully, Joe Burrow coming back from that injury next year at 100%. You obviously never know. I mean, Carson Wentz has never been the same since his major injury, especially this was on the more severe side. But on the other side of that, Teddy Bridgewater's had a solid year and a half, two years since coming back, and... It's not impossible. So yeah. Alex they Smith should look has to build a starting job at this point. And, he, I mean, he came back from having goop for a leg. So, And so uh, I do think, given the playoff implications that are on the line here, we are going to see Baltimore come out playing to win. They need this, and they I think they need this and some help to get into the playoffs. And obviously they're going to come out here guns blazing. I think Baltimore wins it. I think Baltimore, I mean, 13 points is a big spread, but I think how, given the implications that are on the line here, even if they're going to miss the playoffs, they want to go out in style. I think they actually cover on 13. Rare that you'll see me say that on such a big spread. So Ravens win, Ravens cover, and we'll go over 43 and a half because I could see the Ravens putting that up themselves. They're not taking their foot off the gas. I can see the Ravens being very cautious and just trying to control this game. 
and move clock. I don't think they're. I think they're going to look to maybe even get to the reserves a little bit if they can, because they've had a rough enough season as it is. So I think Baltimore does win this one, but I think that thirteen point spread is too great. I'm going to take the Bengals plus thirteen. I think we see the under of 43.5 hit. I think this is a pretty low-scoring game. Control the ball. Don't let yourself get beat type game. Well, after that, we have a matchup of the NFC East. Again, a terrible division this year. Every team was bad. And really, this could be the last week of the season for one or both of these teams. But the Dallas Cowboys going to New York to take on the New York Giants. And really, you just got to wonder how this is going to pan out. I mean, the Giants could still squeak into the playoffs. Honestly, I think they've been way more impressive than the Cowboys of late. Cowboys did get that win against the Eagles last week, but I don't know. I wouldn't call it impressive. Yeah, and, and I know, I mean, right now they might actually have the best quarterback situation of the three. I mean, with Daniel Jones still being... He was actually playing really well until that hamstring injury, and since then he's kind of been up and down again. And almost they've a couple times had to throw in Colt McCoy because of ineff- you know an ineffective offense or, yeah. or what have you. Because well, he doesn't feel good. He's he, yeah, he's playing. Banged yeah, up. I mean, I think that we could see this game go either way. I'm gonna more just. I think I think I'm gonna root for Dallas. Not root for Dallas. But I think I think Dallas is going to win. You want I, Dallas to advance so they get the worst draft pick? Not necessarily. I don't, not even rooting. Rooting was uh, we could dub that out if we want. Wrong to. term. Yeah, uh, unintentional. I think as far as my best guess, uh, actually, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna pull a 180 here. The Giants have been trending better. They have, it seems like, been building something, and they're more they're with their starters for the most part. We'll go with the Giants to win at home to finish out the season. Giants win, Giants cover. And I think we see some offense in this game. I go over a 44-and-a-half. All right, I'm with you. Uh, the Giants were my pick this week. Other than, like, I don't really have a rooting interest either way. And I think... I think it would be good for their culture to get the playoff experience in the first season, really see what it's about, see what they come back to next year. I don't think the Cowboys have the strong enough mindset top to bottom, but we'll see. Well, we move on to a game that I know you're going to have your eye on. and Quite honestly, so far out of the 1 o'clock games, I think this is the one I'd have my eye on the most too as well. The Miami Dolphins are taking on the Buffalo Bills in Buffalo in a game that has, again, playoff implications. I mean, the Dolphins could make it into the playoffs for the first time in, what, 13 years, I think it is, since 2007, I think, with that Ronnie Brown team. Wow. Meanwhile, Buffalo has been playing really good football, and, I mean, they secured the division. They are... Going to the playoffs for the second consecutive year. Yeah, they're good in three phases of the game. Yeah, they're they're definitely going to be a team to be reckoned with, and I think a team that could. I don't know about beat Kansas City, 
but uh, they could push they Kansas for City. Their money. And you know what? Considering Vegas has beaten Kansas, Kansas City this year, you know, Kansas City's not unbeatable. Yeah, they're not impervious. You know, so on it's their still Andy Reid. Andy Reid still makes mistakes. Oh, we know. Yeah. So on their day, I mean, we could definitely see Miami pulling this win out. So, I, or, you know, sorry, not Miami. We could definitely see Buffalo pulling it off against Kansas City in the playoffs. I actually do think we're going to see Miami pull this one out this Sunday. And, and I only say that because I do know the Bills are going to be resting some of their players. There were talks of Josh Allen not even playing. There's not really much on the line for the Bills. They they can't really gain much seeding-wise. They're not going to catch Pittsburgh. They're not going to catch Kansas City. So... Obviously, you don't want to take your foot off the gas entirely and allow a division rival to make it into the playoffs. But on the same token, I think McDermott has his players' health in mind. And we're going to see the Bills take their foot off the gas a little bit. I do so. I think we see Miami win. I think we see Miami plus three. The 42.5, I think, is a little bit tricky because this game is in Buffalo. I could see both of these offenses struggling a little bit. Yeah. I mean, and even with backups on the field, Tua has not been struggling when he struggled due to there being all-stars on the defense. He's been struggling against schemes that he just hasn't seen before in the NFL. You know what I mean? The, the, the games that you can circle as Tua being ineffective when maybe he had to be replaced by Fitzpatrick or... You know, just wasn't replaced but wasn't playing well. It wasn't necessarily because he was playing against, you know, the Rams with Aaron Donald and, and Jalen Ramsey. and You know what I mean? It was more struggling against schemes that are elaborate and, again, more than what he's seen in college. So I think he would run into that against this Bills defense, even with... Some you know some of their all stars resting because Sean McDermott trained under Jim Johnson has the defensive background you know probably has the ability to rattle a rookie quarterback so I think we see the under despite me thinking Miami pulls this one out I don't think this is going to be a crazy offensive game considering I think Buffalo rests a lot of their starters especially on the offensive side of the ball. And I think Miami's not going to move the ball with ease. And and again, Buffalo's not a team that makes those special teams mistakes that Miami has been known to pounce on. Yeah. I think this game's really tough, man, because, I mean, Miami's hurting because they don't have Ryan Fitzpatrick, who's like a safety blanket, right? Mm -hmm. They're missing two of their starting wide receivers. But then on the... Bill's side, we don't know how how hard they're going to be pushing everybody. I mean, they're, you know, I don't think Cole Beasley Again, just, might not play. Just because there is playoff implications on the line for, for one Miami. team, my gut tells me that they they pull it out. But again, maybe the youth will show. Yeah, I, it's it's uh, it's nervous, it's nerve wracking. I'm going with the under. But I think that I think the Bills just wind up beating, beating Miami. I, yeah, think, I mean that's definitely not. I out think of it's I think it's just yeah. too tough. Uh, they haven't 
they haven't gotten their offense started yet, and they're just going to need to because eventually the the Bills are going to do put points up in some way. Well, it'll definitely be one to keep an eye on. Really, I mean, I, the one I have circled here for the 1 o'clock window. For sure. But there's one that I would pretty much say not to keep an eye on. Yeah. Most people, I would almost say, have no reason to watch unless you're an avid gambler or some of those fantasy football seasons that do stretch into Week 17. Yeah. But we have the Minnesota Vikings taking on the Detroit Lions in a game with no playoff implications, with some draft pick implications, but not even all that significant. I mean, neither of these teams have been among the worst in the league, but they've been nowhere near the best. They've been definition of middle of the pack, probably skewing more toward disappointing because this is a season where middle of the pack could have snuck into the playoffs. Not for these two sides. Uh, And, you know, I wouldn't know where to go if I were in charge of these two teams. I mean, maybe you're feeling a little bit better if you're Minnesota. You have a coach who's been able to craft really effective defenses there. And then on the other side of the ball, you have weapons in Thielen and Jefferson. You have Dalvin Cook, who really blossomed this season and, and established himself as one of the most dominant playmakers at that position. And so, you know, the Vikings, you have that. The Lions, it just seems like they're in a perpetual circle of, of, you know, disappointment. I mean, no playoff wins in our lifetime. That's all you need to know. I mean, no playoff wins in our lifetime. And Matt Stafford, I don't think, is the answer. I think he's been around long enough to know that he's not the answer. Yeah, he could put up big stats, but come on, we call him the king of garbage time for a reason. It's just it's just a team that seems to sit there stagnant year after year. Yeah, sometimes they have talented players, but it's usually at an even though even when it, I was gonna say it's usually not an impact position, but even when it is at an impact position. Hey, Calvin Johnson, who for my money is the best receiver I've ever seen play in the NFL. And they still couldn't do much. Still couldn't win a playoff game. You know, they we got Darius Slay from there, but you know, who knows that maybe jury's still out on that one. So with this game being just a snooze fest, being almost pointless in every regard, I I see the spread here at six and a half in favor of the Vikings. And the over under at fifty three and a half. I I think I like the Vikings to win and cover with that spread, but I do not like the over. I mean, yes, these are teams that can put it up. Maybe they are hungry because, I mean, it's the last game of the year, what have you. Is Matt Stafford playing, though? Because, like, he's been, like, kind of dead man walking the past couple weeks with that bruised rib injury. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know for sure his update. I believe he is playing the last game of the season, but... Regardless, I think I like I like Minnesota winning cover, and I, I like the under. I don't know if I see a ton of points. I think these are two. You're going to have teams saying, "Hey, let's get through 60 minutes uninjured." Everybody go home, take the offseason. Everybody season, go home and call it a day. You know, this is the mm-hmm. most genuine handshakes at the end of the game. You know what I mean? Like it's just two teams that have nothing on the line. Yeah, so, I honestly I think because of that I think it might actually wind up being more high scoring. 
Could be. Because, like, they might just not hit as hard, man. They might just not yeah, be I mean, as, like... They, yeah, the defense might be the ones taking their foot off the gas more. But, you know, I don't know. So what, what, are, you, what are your thoughts? Like, uh, honestly, if you, like, realistically, if we don't think that they're playing for much at all, like, are you, do you want to play bully ball? Like, do you want to be, like, crushing people for, like, for basically nothing other than a game? Like an individual game that yeah, has I, no implications. That's true, but I, I mean, don't like, know. I like, I mean, every player has their own like drive and factors of like what's on. The I feel field like for you them. also they don't want to be the the. But I'm saying for them also personally as like as like taking, giving the shots out. Yeah, I feel you. Like, I'm just saying you also don't want to be the the defender getting burned. For big plays or big plays and big plays and all these things on the last game of the season when you're trying to not get cut or trying to have a job the next year. You know, you don't want to. They your... can't cut all of us. Uh, yeah, right? Well, uh, come on. Well, speaking of teams where they would be considering cutting everybody, the Jets facing the New England Patriots in a battle of the basement of the AFC North. You know, these two teams, wow, what a disappointing year for the Patriots. Really? What a disappointing year for Cam Newton. Yeah. I mean, he had uh, Bill Belichick, who, uh, who is a pretty winning coach and wasn't able to win with him. Yeah, and really just wasn't able to have any consistency to his game. You really wonder if any team will take a flyer on him next year. It might even be the Patriots again. Who knows? You wonder what's going to happen there, that dynasty you know, Tom Brady, I'm sure, is looking real and feeling real good right now about that move. Meanwhile, the Jets just found a way to shoot themselves in the foot. They would have gotten themselves Trevor Lawrence first overall, but instead won their last two games to now be out of the number one overall pick. And even a chance of, I, I don't know if they've even secured number two overall yet. There might be a possibility of them earning the second or the third overall rather dropping down that far behind Houston. Houston's pick. It's yeah, it was not even Houston who gets to pick it, it's Miami who who gets the pick, which what a win for them. But I digress. The other side of that, like we said, we we talked about the disappointment for New England, but coming into this last game of the season, Bill Belichick, the personnel guy on that, you know, team dealing with a lot of players out with COVID this year. I imagine he's going to look to rebound next year with a lot of those guys coming back. Better draft pick than they've had in a long time. Hopefully a summer camp. Yeah, some, a training camp and all that stuff. So this one should be actually, I think, pretty interesting. Part of me thinks the momentum's with the Jets. They've been the better team. Like you know, not I shouldn't say the better team. They definitely haven't been the better team than anybody this year. But... They've won two games in a row, and remember, we had talked about it the several weeks before that. They were building momentum. They were looking more and more cohesive as a team. I mean, obviously, they weren't world beaters, but, you know, we were seeing Jets games where it's like, oh, wow, they only lost by a touchdown. Oh, wow, they were kind of hanging in this one. Oh, wow, they had a lead in the third quarter, where, I mean, the first 11, 12 weeks of the season, that really just wasn't even, in, you know. So, but that being said, I'm going to, 
I'm going to go New England because it's Bill Belichick. Because it's yeah. Bill Belichick playing against the Jets. And, and because it's maybe Cam Newton's last shot, and again, his last hurrah, and he might want to, you know, Yeah, impress. do something. And, and, and because just Bill Belichick doesn't lose to the Jets. Yeah, he lost a lot of games this year, but he didn't lose to the Jets. Yeah. You know, I, I think we see the, the, the Pats win. I think we see the Jets lose. I think we see them solidify that number two overall pick. And I think we see an end of a disappointing season for both these teams who will be happy it's the offseason. Yes. I go New England to win. I go New England to cover. But you know what? We're going to go over 39.5. I do not think the Jets just roll over and die this game. I think I think no Frank Gore this upcoming week might mean that the Jets roll over and die this week. I mean, he's really all they had left. Three. I mean, Chris Herndon scored in each of the last two weeks. Yeah. Uh, that trade looks a little bit better for you yeah, now. Yeah, right, suddenly. Denzel Mims. Well, marginally. I, mean, I, still got, I still got Justin Herbert with the pit, with the picks. So. Yeah, so like, I th- that really did work out for everybody. Yeah, That's a good out. trade. But, yeah, uh, New England win, New England cover. Uh, I think we see over of 39. You know, maybe you're right. Maybe they do roll over and play dead, but... 39 and a half. I mean, they remember, think of how stupid low these under, over-unders are right now. I mean, they're normally never in the 30s. No. So, I think we see some touchdowns, you know. There are times we see, you know, think about it, 14 points each, you're at 28 points. You know what I mean? So, like, yeah, I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm confident with the over here, but I want to hear, you know, if you disagree. I just think, I mean, just Cam's been so rough, man. It's been it's been really bad, and New England. I don't know, man. They've just they haven't been able to even like run the ball. Who knows, man? It, like it's been such a weird year. This COVID year, Cam I mean, had it's, it's it week like seventeen early the, on in it's the week season. Week seventeen in their pointless games. Yeah, we're literally just basically flipping a coin here anyway. I know, but like I like it, I just don't like I, I'm. I just don't see a I don't see a world in where it's it's going over like it's going to be like a ten to like seven game. Okay. It's like I I don't I don't see any point production. I, I see there being turnovers. I see it being sloppy and ugly. And yeah, I could see it easily hitting. But that's fine. That's why we that's why we talk about it. Mm-hmm. So you still think the Pats win or it's a three point spread? I, yeah, I still cover? I I think they win. They I think they the win and I think they they. Cover, but I think I'm hitting that under. All right, sounds good. Well, the next game is a game that also has playoff implications on the line. I mean, unlike the last one, but you know, we mentioned a few earlier. The Pittsburgh Steelers taking on the Cleveland Browns. Now, Steelers have already said they're resting players. They are planning on taking it easy this game, which bodes well for Cleveland, who are still fighting with several other teams to try and get into the playoffs. We're probably seeing Mason Rudolph start at quarterback for the Steelers. We might not see much, if any, of their star-wide receivers like like Smith-Schuster or Chase Claypool. I imagine also Bud Dupree, T.J. Watt, some of the big defensive names may also be resting for this game. Cleveland's probably going to be going full force. So I'm expecting this to more likely than not go into Cleveland's favor. I mean, obviously, this is a bitter rivalry. 
I'm sure even with the backups in, Pittsburgh would love nothing more than to spoil Cleveland's playoff chances. But with those backups in and with Cleveland knowing what's on the line, kind of like what I said before, I think they're going to dig deep and step up to the plate. I am going Cleveland to win. I'm going Cleveland to cover. And you know what? I'm going to sell. Eh, I'm going to go with under here, 42.5. I don't see Mason Rudolph and that Steelers offense moving the ball much, if at all. And again, I think this is a more for the Steelers at least. Let's not get injured. We're not fighting this. If you're coming in with your backups in, you're not going nuts, you know. You're not playing for the win. You're not you're not you're not hungry for those points. I, I, I see with I see this going under forty two and a half. No, I mean this is a uh, this is a revisit from last year's end of season game, right? The Browns versus the wasn't it? Well, I mean they they might it was have, towards the end of the season. The one with the actual incident took place several weeks because they played each other a few weeks later. Right, that was the first time they played. That each was other the first that time, season. and then they played each other a few weeks later. After all the suspensions, other than Miles Garrett, who was suspended all year, but you Rest know, of the season, yeah. everybody else who was even shortly suspended was back in time for the next time they played each other. Yeah. Anyway, I'm just I'm revisiting that incident. Yeah. So it was early. That's why I said it was a heated rivalry. That's why I was referencing that. Like, yeah, it's there's it's, blood between these yeah, teams. Yeah, contested. But with backups in, I, I mean, yeah, I mean, it is Rudolph coming in against the Browns, but I. Yeah, I mean, like he might just have might have a chip on his shoulder, and they are pretty deep in the wide receiver department. I mean, like even at the yeah, bottom, like James Washington, Washington and yeah, and, I mean, and Ray Ray McLeod is is shifty. He can like you know get past people, and Ward is on the reserve list, so they are missing a cornerback. The Browns are, and um, Baker's getting his wide receivers back this week. Because they're off the reserve list. They're back at practice. So I think we might see the over of this one, but I do think the Browns get it done, and I do think they wind up wind up covering this 8.5-point spread. I'm uh, I'm going with them, but I'm also taking that over of 42.5. Well, you know, I, I wouldn't be shocked if we see that over again with these low over-unders. It depends on the level of intensity in these games, and, you know... If Mike Tomlin's really pushing his players, I could totally see that. If he's telling them to lay off and stay healthy for the game that they have next week, I could see that as well. But we're going to move on to yet another game with some playoff implications on the line. The Tennessee Titans facing off against the Houston Texans. The Titans still need this win if they're going to hold off the Colts for sure on that division. Right now the Titans have the lead, I believe, just on a tiebreaker mm-hmm. over the Colts. And I imagine they're going to finish strong against the Texans, a team that's been pretty much in disarray all year. Yes, they did get better after they got rid of their incredibly incompetent head coach and general manager, Bill O'Brien. But they've still been nowhere near the team that Tennessee has been in pretty much every facet of the game. Mm-hmm. I imagine that to continue, especially with there being something on the line. I think we see Tennessee get the win. I think they cover 
at that seven and a half points. And the over-under is, I think, a really high at 56.5. Again, maybe it's just because I've been seeing all these low numbers everywhere. Mm-hmm. But I think I'm going to go with the under there as well. I think, this is, I think this is going to be a better game than it is right now on paper. I think the leadership of the players for the Texans really want a game where they at least can feel proud of the work that they put out on the field. I think Deshaun Watson wants a good game. I think J.J. Watt wants a good game. So I think they might actually cover the 7.5 point spread. I think it's a little bit close. But I think Tennessee does get this win at the end of the day. I agree with you, though. I think this over-under is pretty high, and I think we're going with the under of the 56.5. All righty. Well, we move on to a divisional matchup. This is the first of the 425 games? Yeah, first of the 425 games. And this is between the Rams and the... Cardinals, who are both coming off of a pretty decent season. I mean, but right now, with the Seahawks having clinched the NFC West, there's a chance that none of them even end up in the postseason, which is just crazy considering where they were not long ago. But I digress. This is a game that I think... Really, I'm having a hard time getting my finger on. I mean, they're both good squads. Neither one of them has been eliminated from playoff contention. Arizona are the favorites, even though they're on the road. I just think that's because the Rams have been all over the map and they're going to be playing without Jared Goff. But it's really hard to, it's hard to say. I mean, right now, if the season ended, the Rams would have that... They're in the fifth place spot? They're in the sixth place spot. Sixth place. But if they lose and the Bears win, then I believe the Bears get it. And I think if they lose, the Bears lose and the Cardinals win, which, again, they're playing the Cardinals, so the Cardinals would, by nature, win in that matchup, then the Cardinals get in. So I think in order for the Cardinals to get in, they need them to beat the Rams and a Bears loss. Gotcha. So, yeah. I mean, a lot on the line with this game. For the Rams, it's a win-and-they're-in type scenario, but they're without their starting quarterback. And starting running back, Cam Akers has that high ankle sprain. Yeah. And then for the Cardinals, they need a little bit of help, but I think they're feeling pretty good about their chances considering the matchup that the Bears have this week, which we'll get to in just a second. I'm inclined to think the Cardinals pull it out. Kyler Murray took a big step forward this year and has a little bit of that crunch time gene. You know, we saw it with that Hail Mary that he hit earlier this season. That was really impressive. Mm -hmm. He has that ability to kind of tuck it down and scramble, especially when defenses are dropping back trying to prevent the big play. Mm -hmm. He just kind of tucks it down gets a lot of that yardage to put them in position yeah. for him to make a play with his arm. He really beat and, up their Eagles side. Yeah, and I, I think I think he gets it done uh, against a 
Jared Goff-less Rams, especially without Akers. That's a tough matchup. I mean, yeah. they, you imagine without I mean, they golf, they the would heavily committee. rely. Yeah, but, you know, without golf, they'd be heavily relying on that run game. And, I mean, yeah, they still have Henderson and a couple other guys and Malcolm in there. Brown. Yeah, but. But losing one of a three-headed monster is, you know, it's it's a third of the head. So I think we do see the Cardinals pull that one out. But I think we see them cover at the minus three. And I think we see the over of 40 and a half. I think the Rams are not going to put up no points, but I think they're not going to be able to keep up with the high-powered Cardinals offense. Mm -hmm. I think Larry Fitz wants another run in the playoffs, too. We don't know how many more seasons he's got left. I mean, he's a wide receiver playing far far into his double-digit seasons, you know? Exactly. I mean, I think a lot of people are shocked he's stuck around as long as he has. And, you know, I wouldn't be shocked to see him come back at least one more year, especially, you know, he's so involved with that community in Arizona. I imagine it would kill him to have his last season be one not played with fans there. I mean, I don't know what the current fan protocol is in Arizona, but I imagine he would love a full stadium to to send him off right. Yeah, for his farewell tour. But yeah, I'm going Rams win. No, sorry, I'm not Rams. I'm going Cardinals win, Cardinals cover over 40 and a half. How are you feeling? I think you can lock this one in. I'm with you. I think this is a last-minute charge. I think they're well-equipped to do it, so I hope they I hope they get it done. All righty. Well, we will go into the NFC North, the Green Bay, or the matchup we were just talking about. The Green Bay Packers are facing against the Chicago Bears now. The Bears do need a win here. As we said, Bears are in a position where if they get the win and the Rams lose, they will find themselves in the playoffs. It would be huge for Matt Nagy. I would probably save his job, a job that I think a few weeks ago everybody would have pretty much guaranteed was the fate was sealed. Meanwhile, there's a Packers team that wants to stay hot going into the playoffs, but I imagine will look to give Aaron Rodgers at least a half off maybe some of the other big players in that game. I tell you, this is a tough one to pick, but I'm going to go with the Chicago Bears. I'm going to, I've been going with this theme. Teams that need to win are going to pull it out. I would love to see them squeak into the playoffs over the NFC West teams. Granted, I'd prefer the Cardinals to the Rams. I would prefer the Bears to both of those teams. I know it's going to be a tough game, and if the Packers keep their starters in, then they may run away with it, uh, you know. But considering the Saints already pretty much locked up that number one seed, I imagine we're seeing the Packers... uh, well, actually, sorry. The Packers are currently in the number one seed. I'm incorrect. But yeah, considering uh, that actually totally, I, I totally forgot about those back-to-back Saints losses. So yeah, I mean, maybe we see the Packers fight to keep that top spot, but I'm, I'm still going to double down on what I said. I'm going to go with the, the Bears to win. I'm going to go with the Bears to cover, and we're going to go with over a 50 and a half. Yeah, I mean, this is going to be an interesting game for sure. I think Matt Nagy's coaching for his job. 
I think if he misses the playoffs this year, he's probably out, right? Yeah. I think we could see Aaron Rodgers uh, really play deep into this game. Uh, and for that reason, I'm going with the Green Bay Packers to win. I think they also cover the spread at four and a half because Aaron Rodgers is going to be in the game quite a bit. Over under of 50 and a half. I'm going to go over because Packers are going to be without their starting left tackle, Batiari. The legend at left tackle there for Green Bay has been there quite a bit. Very well trusted by Aaron Rodgers, so it's going to be a little bit interesting for them to see how they make their adjustments, but that's what strong teams do, and we have to we have to see it out of these Packers if they're going to be legit number one. I think they get this W. But we can move on because we've got another 425 game. This one has playoff very much implications for one team, and one team has nothing to play for. Yeah, and as a result, I think the result of this will be pretty clear. I'm going with the Colts to win this game. Yes. They are 14-point favorites, and I don't know if they cover the full 14. That's pretty much a toss-up, and I would honestly, my, my advice would be stay away from it. But yeah, for the don't sake touch of, it. For the sake of making a pick, you know what? I think we see a blowout. I think we see some like 35-3 to 3 type you know, blow out. I know the Jags don't get blown out a lot. I know it's divisional. But for the sake of saying it, I mean, I, I, I don't think this game is ever in question. So whether or not the blowout reaches the 14-point threshold or not, that could be up for debate. But I don't think the Colts and Frank Reich and Phillip Rivers and the veteran presence that is all throughout that team lay an egg on such an important game. Colts win, why not? Colts cover, and we'll go under a 49 and a half because that seems high. That does seem quite high. And, you know, we said the Jaguars as a team have absolutely nothing to play for, but I think there's a couple individual players that might have something to play for, right? I mean, they've got a quarterback situation where it's Gardner Minshew and Mike Lennon and they have, you know, the first overall pick in this draft, which is probably going to be Trevor Lawrence. So are these guys auditioning for their next NFL team? Or even are they both auditioning to be the backup here in Jacksonville? Who knows? You're right, there might be players with something to play for, but overall I think if we're counting players with things to play for, the Colts have an entire roster of them. Entire roster of them. I I will I'm picking them to win for sure. I think we do see the under though because the Colts defense has been quite good. I think Jacksonville does cover this 14 point spread. Yeah, that's not unreasonable again. 14 points, really big number. Here comes another divisional matchup. I mean, maybe we don't have to say that because we already said they're all divisional. They're all divisional. But why not? The Las Vegas Raiders are taking on the Denver Broncos. Both of these teams are eliminated. I think the Raiders are trending in a better direction than the Broncos, but, you know, they got to be asking themselves what they're doing with that major John Gruden contract with now no playoff appearances still. 
Denver's just still got to be figuring, scratching their head, wondering if Drew Locke is the answer. If I had to guess, I would say no at this point. But he did take a big improvement this year from last year. Who knows? I mean, he was injured, but still. I don't think this game really matters, and as a result, I'm going to go with the team that I like better, again, based on everything I just said. John Gruden, the Raiders, more talent, been playing better, established offense and quarterback and running back, etc. I'm going to say that they win it. They cover at 2.5 because it's such a small spread. And we will go with the under of 50.5 because that's a big number, and I don't see the Broncos scoring that many points. Uh, I am with you on that over-under. I'm also going with that 50.5-under. I don't think this is going to be a big game, but I'm going with the home team. I'm going with the Denver Broncos in this one just because it's a game where really there's nothing to play for, so they might, you know, might just because they're home just try and show up a little bit. I mean, this Vegas team can really back, you know, hide in the corner a bit. So I, I'm going with the home team. I'm going with Denver. Alrighty. Well, we have a bunch of games here. Honestly, no more games have any playoff meaning until the Eagles and Washington at night. So we have a few more 4 o'clock games here. One, two, three before we get to the night one. So I say we kind of lightning round through these. Almost more talking about the team and their performance on the year than really how the big of an impact the results are, yeah. you know, the meaning of these games. But first one is the Chargers and the Chiefs, and I think both of these teams have to be pretty happy at this point. The Chargers definitely have to feel like they found their quarterback of the future in Justin Herbert. Meanwhile, the Chiefs, sitting at the number one seed, clinched. They're going to be able to rest most of their starters this game. At their discretion, they're going to be able to ease into the playoffs, not being the only team in their conference with a bye and having home field advantage throughout. And we all know how good Andy Reid is coming off of the bye week. With that in mind, uh, and meanwhile, like I said, the Chargers found their quarterback, have a lot of solid weapons to build around. I think they have to be wondering if Anthony Lynn is the answer at head coach. And I don't really know that because I, I don't... I don't pay attention to enough of what he does beyond Sundays. But, again, two teams that have to be feeling pretty good moving into the future. Obviously, the Chiefs in the present and future, as they are the defending Super Bowl champions and have the best record in the NFL. With that being said, it's a three-and-a-half point spread. The Chargers are favored because of the amount of players benched on the Chiefs. We have an over-under of 43-and-a-half. I could tell you for certain I think we see the over of the 43-and-a-half. I think that we see some offense even out of a Chiefs team that has a lot of backups filling in. Yeah, it's and, Chad Henney, but it's Andy Reid with Chad Henney. And there's still, you know, if you think about the reserve receivers there, guys like Nicole Hardman and Demarcus Williams are four and five or, or on that team? Demarcus Robinson. Demarcus Robinson. Robinson. Uh, you know the the guys that are lower on the depth chart there are still burners and really you know they would be top of the depth chart in, in with on the Eagles even without the injuries we had this year. Yeah. So 
I think we see the over there, and, you know, I think we do see the Chargers end on a high note with the win. Justin Herbert, Austin Eckler really wanting to still get his feet under him after the, you know, up-and-down season of injuries. And Anthony Lynn's still trying to prove that he deserves that job. I'll go Chargers winning cover. We'll go with over a 43-and-a-half. We can lock this one in. I'm with you. We're going to move to the south. The Saints are facing the Carolina Panthers. Now, Saints are playing this game. They are still competing, possibly, for the number one seed. They do have a tiebreaker over the Green Bay Packers. However, they are currently a game behind, so they need to bank on the Packers losing to the Bears and get the win themselves. Panthers don't have much to play for them, uh, so I, I did I did misspeak earlier when I said none of these games have playoff implications. Yeah, but I digress. It's a small one. I imagine the Saints will win for that reason, even if they do pull Drew Brees and some of their starters. I mean, they've been riddled with injuries all year. Other than Alvin Kamara, they've had a revolving door at receiver. They've had to play with Taysom Hill or Drew Brees, or even a little bit with Jameis Winston. So. I have no doubt in Sean Payton's faith, although I've been very impressed with Matt Rule, with Teddy Bridgewater, with this entire... DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel. And and Robbie Anderson, this entire Carolina team, especially with the absence of Christian McCaffrey for... Large stretches. I I think that ended up being more than two-thirds of the season. I think it was close to 11 games, maybe? Yeah, so... Just a, a huge step forward for that program, for that, and I, maybe it's not a program, but franchise. Mm-hmm. And they've got to be happy with themselves, but this is still the Saints division, and I even think Tom Brady had to learn that the hard way. This is still Sean Payton and Drew Brees' division. I think the Saints get this win, and I think they cover that six-and-a-half-point spread, even if they do end up taking their foot off the gas a little bit by letting Taysom take certain portions or whatever. I think that they are a complete football team, and I think they're going to make some noise in the playoffs. And I think they get this win uh, because they know they need this win. They want the playoffs to roll through the Superdome as opposed to rolling through cold Lambeau Field. Mm -hmm. And they are going to do their best to make sure that at least they did everything in their power to try and make sure that happens. So I'm going Saints win, Saints cover. 47.5, ooh, that seems a little bit, questionable considering again we don't know the dedication and intensity level between the two teams with one of them being already eliminated and the other kind of trying to manage a lot of injuries but i'm gonna go with under of 47 and a half i agree with you i think this has been a great season for both these teams uh, for different reasons obviously carolina is trying to build something the saints are trying to keep that little ember going, keep it burning. I think the Saints win this one. I think they cover the six and a half point spread. I am going to go take this over, though. I think this, I mean, we saw Alvin Kamara score six touchdowns last week, so. Yeah, it's definitely, definitely not outrageous. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's within the realm of possibility. We are heading out to the NFC West for the last 430 game, and this is two teams, again, where... You know, I don't know how happy both of these teams are. Yes, the Seahawks 
are coming out of this with a division title or going back to the playoffs or, or you know, and and take that division crown in a very competitive division. However, they really started off hot and they kind of cooled off. Yeah, they're getting into the playoffs and yeah, they still have Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll, but I don't know. They just seemed like a team that their defense was a problem that you thought would get better and it never kind of did. And then their offense started off at an unsustainable tempo and eventually fell back down to earth. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, you have a San Francisco team that was so riddled with injuries, it's pretty hard to even gauge what they would have looked like. I mean, they lost their quarterback. They lost their entire defensive line. They lost then most of their offensive line. They lost, I mean, everywhere you looked, this team was riddled with injuries. And I got to imagine all they want to do is get healthy going into 2021. Mm-hmm. Seattle cannot, I don't, I don't think... Seattle can take home field advantage. Right now, they are sitting a game behind the Packers, just like the Saints are. But I believe there is no scenario where they win the tiebreaker over Green Bay. Correct. They're still going to be fighting for this game, and so I imagine we're going to see Seattle come away with this win. It is a seven-point spread. And the over-under 45-and-a-half... I think we see the under hit in 45 and a half. I'm with you. All across the board? Seattle to win also? Seattle to win also. And the cover, that's seven points? I think so. I think the last game finished it strong. I think San Francisco's looking to just get out of Arizona. Well, speaking of last games and hoping to finish strong, we will finish this year of NFL regular season picks with our home team, our Philadelphia Eagles and a game that I think both of us wish had a little bit more playoff implications to it. Yes, it does have playoff implications, but not for the team we're rooting for. Nope. We are the sole eliminated team in the NFC East, facing off against Washington, who has a chance to secure their division title, currently sitting in first place, and a trip to the playoffs in Ron Rivera's first season with the team. It is a three-point spread. The Eagles are underdogs, with Washington being the away favorites. And the over-under is 43-and-a-half. Feeling confident in that over-hitting. 43-and-a-half seems low for what we've been scoring of late. But I think Washington does come away with this game. I don't necessarily want to. I would love the Eagles to win, and kind of hope they do. I shouldn't say, you know, no, I should say kind of hope. I'm not confident in that hope. Part of me wants the better draft pick, and, you know, not the light type of guy who likes losing for draft picks, so to speak, but when it's one game and you have nothing to play for, mm-hmm. I care a lot less than when it's, you know, when we were sitting there, people two, three weeks ago saying that when the division was still up for grabs. Yeah. I also like Ron Rivera. He's my second favorite NFC East coach, and I think the Alex Smith comeback story is pretty cool. But I do hope, you know, the Eagles finish the season on a high note. I hope there's no really major injuries. You know, the worst type thing ever would be like a some form of, you know, Fletcher yeah. Cox injury or Jason Kelsey injury or Lane Johnson injury or, you know, Miles Sanders injury. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, a healthy end of the season is... Yeah, I just hope everybody gets out okay. But... Um, you know, it's just disappointing that this game isn't a winner-take-all, you know. Yeah. 
playoff match, but can't have everything we want. Nope. I yeah, Washington win, Washington cover over forty three and a half is my guess. I I'm with you on that over. I'm gonna pick the birds just because it doesn't matter, so they might just wind up taking victory out of the mouth of the Washington football team and to cover that three and a half point spread. But that just about wraps it up here for the Balls Over the Top podcast. Yeah, guys, Happy New Year. Thank you for being with us, and we're very excited for the what this new year has to bring. Although this is the last regular season podcast, we will definitely be previewing the NFL playoff matchups We'll still be giving the picks like we did, but because there are so many fewer of them, we'll really be able to dive in, give you a lot more insight, and maybe break down, you know, the players, the rosters, what we're thinking about the game. It'll be some exciting stuff, so we're really excited to get that to you and have that kind of slightly different format to what we've been bringing you already, and just excited to bring you everything this new year. Yeah. Uh, thanks for joining us. We uh, We love and appreciate you. You can always... Hit us up on our socials at B-O-T-T Podcast. Yep, and you can find this pretty much all of the places we always list. Well, if You you know what? If you don't know by now, you just don't know, I guess. You're just not going to know. Thanks for listening, guys, and we'll be right back with you on Monday with our recap of a crazy amount of soccer and the opening of the transfer window. Yes. Ooh, Ooh some deals getting done. Thanks, everybody.